Um, okay, first, first episode of Talking to Myself. Talking to Myself. Here we are. With your hosts, Malcolm and Malcolm. <laughs> Malcolm and Malcolm. Um, I guess for the first episode, we can give, like, I guess our full introductions. Um, so, like, I am Malcolm Weich, um, transplant from, I guess, like, we would, we would say California, Georgia to D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, right now, I am a second grade teacher. Um, in Washington DC as well. And yeah, uh my name is Malcolm Harvin Connor. Uh I'm from Austin, Texas. Um Malcolm's been here a bit longer than me. Uh but I just got here back in the middle of June. Um and I teach fourth grade currently and both of us are grad school students at John Hopkins um uh, at the moment as well. Yes, sir. serving as urban teachers in the program of Washington, D.C. cohort. Shout out to the 2018 D.C. cohort. Yes, sir. Um, so talking to myself, um, as you guys have probably already figured out as we've started our conversation, we are literally talking to ourselves, Malcolm to Malcolm. Um, but this also serves as a platform for black male educators um, as we are black male educators talking to ourselves. Um, and then we're also going to create space and make sure that we make room for the voices of other educators as well. So this will be educators talking to educators. Um, yeah, one, one of the things we're sort of just, you know, wanted to sort of get out of this podcast and out of these sort of conversations is to sort of talk about not only our own role within education, um, but how we sort of imagine affecting change and affecting, um, you know, positively our communities in a way uh, that really gives value to education through the lens of being black male educators. I think what uh, I saw the other day were black male educators, like 2% of all educators yeah, in the country. Um, so it's a lens that is not necessarily explored. And so that's sort of where we wanted to start our conversation from um, is, you know, trying to stay in our lane <laughs> as much <laughs> as possible, uh, but just um, trying to speak from our own experience within education and how we might imagine um, education, good education to manifest. So, definitely. Um, and it's interesting too because one of the things that I, I was thinking about as you were talking, the thing I've been thinking about myself is like, a definition for education, right? Oh, man. Um, and so we, as we we speak on being black male educators, teachers, whatever you want to call it, you also you have to have a definition for education. And I think that's one thing that I'm always like perplexed about that like so many people don't have an, their own definition and that's of education. So important. Yeah. It's so important. Um, and so even with me, like when I be when I first decided that I wanted to um, enter the field of education, I didn't have a a definition of what I thought education was. Um, And I think that plays a part into, you know, something that we'll continually talk about, but just how education is played out in America specifically um, with where we're never told like, okay, this is what school is for. You know what I mean? Like, if you really think about it, like we're always just told, go to school. Mm -hmm. You have to go to school to get an education, but nobody ever sits you down. You know, you don't enter school like in kindergarten and sit down and your teacher's like, okay, Let's talk about what education is. It's no, like never, never. you're just here to learn. And it's like, okay, learn what? And learn what I tell you. Learn what I tell you. And that's it. Um, so I'm kind of interested, you know, like you could start off like what would you define education 
ass. Okay. But, and I think, um, just to comment on that real quick, I think even it's important to, to sort of create a definition um, communally because how can you and another person or anyone else come to a conversation on the same you know, wavelength mm-hmm. if your idea of what education is or your idea of what you're talking about and the other person's idea of what you're talking about are so different, right? That's why, you know, conversations around uh, race or gender or sexuality, right, they can become so skewed is because, you know, you could be coming in with the definition that race is a social construct and Mm -hmm. race is that and the other, but the other person does not have that same understanding of race to them. Race is very real. Race is, is the color of your skin. It is a biological uh, part of your identity, then you're 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 not going to be able to have the the depth of conversation that I think these types of conver- conversations and these topics really need, right? Yeah, so I agree. That that's why I think that's a that's a great place to start from mm-hmm. is, is is what is education. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think first and foremost, to to me, uh, I feel like I learned, or I started to create for myself a definition of education when I re- when I read. Um, bell hooks teaching to actualize okay or, or uh teaching to transgress. Ch- transgress yes 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 and and but in that book she talks about teaching to actualize mm-hmm. and like teaching as the power of uh not only the student but the teacher um in this relationship of yeah. of education um both parties are working to actualize or to create or manifest their best self Mm -hmm. and so to me education is not just knowledge for the sake of knowledge but it is knowledge for the sake of bringing about or finding your the truest best version of yourself Mm -hmm. that 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 to me is what i think education okay yeah i would agree and i think that that plays a part into my definition especially when you speak about the relationship with the teacher and student i think that's one thing that we have totally got away from oh, um, yes. in the American system of education where we always regard the teacher as being over the student um, and never, really as adults, right, in general, like, we're never humble enough to say, okay, wait, maybe I can actually learn something yeah. from the child. Bell, you know? Bell Hooks talks about viewing the, the student as an empty vessel. Mm-hmm, and exactly. we, we're, you know, we many times view us as just having to just deposit knowledge mm-hmm. into this empty vessel as opposed to you know, an exchange that's mm-hmm. what happens. Um, and so for me, it's kind of interesting. Um, I got my definition, um, or I was able to construct my definition of education from the book uh, Siddhartha by Herman Heese. Um, and that's a fictional account of how Buddha became Buddha. Um, and so it, it talks about this young prince, you know, at first he was like this young prince and he was really sheltered from life. Um, his dad was really trying to protect him from what he would call the evils of the world or the harsh realities of life. Um, and it took Siddhartha to go on a journey by himself to realize that life is about experience. Um, and there's a quote in there that, you know, that you can't learn anything without experience. Um, and so for me, in the simplest way to define education, I define education as experience. Um, and I think that for me, at least, that gives me such a different look on education because in the classroom I feel like what we lack is taking advantage of like how you were saying one the relationship between teachers and students but the experiences of the teacher and the student like 
you know, teachers don't really talk about the, their own experiences in the classroom. You know what I mean? It's all curriculum and books and tests and everything standardized. The kids aren't allowed to really express themselves and talk about their experiences, whether it's what happened on the playground or what happened when they woke up that morning or what happened during summer when they're on vacation. They're never really allowed to express themselves. Um, and so for me, I would say the simplest definition is experience. And that experience is what gives you your knowledge and your perspective so and your outlook. So to, to sort of restate, just so you know, I, I make sure I'm understanding what it is mm-hmm. exactly that you're saying, right, is that the teachers many times forced to take their own experiences out of the equation with mm-hmm. the knowledge that they're teaching. Exactly. Right? So, so the experiences that they've created or manifested you up until that point lose their value in the classroom mm-hmm. and you're expected to teach this knowledge in a vacuum. Yes, right? exactly. As, as, as if you don't come from uh, um, some sort of, any sort of past experiences, but you're purely, your knowledge is based on what you're, you're teaching. Is yes, that, well, exa- okay. yep, exactly. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's so, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And when I think about, um, you know how, because uh, I feel like the other you know, the other day at, my, at the own school at my own school that I taught at we had a because I'm just thinking about tr- how am I not how am I not supposed to bring myself into yeah. into mm-hmm. the educational classroom or into an educational space it's impossible to not bring you and your ideas and your experiences into the classroom but then we have to like sort of exercise that and it makes me think about. Uh, just representation within education as a whole within the curriculum that we're teaching mm-hmm. and um, you know when I think about trying to teach black kids about black history and even though that I feel like that putting or or putting um, black people in the curriculum that you're teaching that's that's not enough yeah right? but that's but that's like part of a start mm-hmm. and that is just a small way that we as black educators can put part of ourselves yeah. into our curriculum. Mm-hmm. And at my own school, I have uh, my host teacher was just doing that. She, you know, she does as much as she can. I feel like, um, given the systems and institutions that we find ourselves a part of, she was putting as much as she could black history into the curriculum. Yeah. And there was a parent who, uh, a white parent, who came in and complained to our school that uh, her daughter was learning too much black stuff, black mm. history. And um, I say this just to say that already in the most basic of ways when you attempt to many times put yourself into the, the, the curriculum that you're teaching, try to put your own self, your own people's experience into that, there are, you, you get that immediate pushback because the knowledge that we're supposed to be imparting is supposed to be a, a, a quote-unquote objective. Yeah. It's supposed to be factual. It's supposed to, there's not, you know, keep, uh, keep it direct. There's not supposed to be this sort of personal touch. Like you said, your personal experience is brought into it. So I just think, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's so relevant. Yeah. And it's so relevant because it still shows that even though through all the progress we made, people separate blackness from like humanness, right? Oh, yes. So like, so people separate, you know, what they consider to be too much black stuff, which really, even if you were to go to her and sit down with her over a cup of coffee, right? And be like, so what is black stuff? She wouldn't <laughs> really be able to tell you, like she wouldn't be able to come up with a concrete definition of, well, you taught my, my student, my child, this, this is black, this is, you know, 
and trying to the most she, she just pointed at the person that person yeah, is black exactly like, um so creating that divide it is so impactful not only on you know her own child who is who is white caucasian but on black kids as well of rem- emphasizing how much of an other they are that black stuff is just other it's it's not related to the real world to the human experience of what we all go through when really it's all the same um and i find that even as like a as a black male educator how hard it is to uh i would say communicate that message to my students that you know yes we are black and so we have our different experiences that we go through through being black and everything like that but still trying to connect blackness to, to, like I said, humanness and make them understand that, yes, you are different because you are black, but you're not different, I guess, in necessarily in a bad way or a toxic way. Um, so I think that's one struggle that's always there, just when you, especially when you have such an emphasis on race as we do in America. Such an emphasis on difference. Yeah, exactly. At all. Instead of getting down to the common, you know, uniqueness that we are as human beings living in this world. Um, and so, yeah, those definitions of education definitely matter because, yeah, it's always going to play a part in how you teach. And I think so many, I see so many teachers, um, lose sight of that. Um, and so I like what you said about children being the empty vessels where, yeah, children are just regarded almost as nothing. Um, and I think that that hurts so much even more for the black child who already is dealing with their own identity issues, their own issues of, like you said, dealing with difference. But then now you have someone, especially if in my school where the population is predominantly black, you have even black adults treating you like you are nothing. You know what I mean? Um, and so now you're just getting that from all angles. And it's like, OK, how can I tell a kid to be interested in school, to be interested in education? But I can't even tell them what education really is or why it matters. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think. You know, as we attempt to create, I think this conversation of, of what is education, what is the definition of education is something that is going to be explored and constantly morphing as we sort of go through, you know, this podcast, not, not just this podcast, because mm-hmm. I feel like even within this one conversation, you know, our ideas about what education is mm-hmm. are already like starting to, to change and, and morph and, you know, manifest in new ways but as we continue into into other podcasts uh as well or into future episodes um but something that i think is really important for this conversation is um where we both came from as as educators Mm -hmm. and uh so uh i want to go ahead and open the floor for you malcolm and and, and say like how did you get here and and why education why do you think education is so important how did you how did you get here Mm -hmm. into the field of education um, you know, it's crazy because for I never, it's actually interesting. It was like, I never thought I would be in the field of education. Yeah, because I think we had this conversation yeah. one time um, and, and I had expressed something similar as that. Um, yeah, and like, because it was so, for me, like, I was one of those students that grew up hating uh, the system of American education just because of the way I felt like I was treated in the classroom. Um, the way I felt like it put me at odds with who I really am. Um, you know, all the backlash I would get just for being myself, you know, all those things that, you know, people talk about where you you have being black in the education in in a room of education as a student dealing with, you know, white teachers, uh, male and female that are just always constantly trying to get you to conform to their ideals. 
Um, and so what's so interesting is though, um, that, you know, for me, I'm someone that as I was, as I started to learn, I started to realize that I feel like sometimes your place of pain is where your purpose connects. Um, and I, for me, that was education was my place of pain. And, and I realized this back, um, when I was doing a lot of writing for my school newspaper, I went to Howard university and I was writing for the Hilltop and I was writing articles. It would, it was almost like education journalism in a way, but it was like against the American school system. So I was talking about why I didn't like school and why I would never recommend my kids to go to college and, and all these things. Um, but then I had an, kind of like an awakening or an epiphany where I was like, okay, wait a minute. If I really care this much about education in the sense of like, I'm against it, instead of slandering it, or just talking down on it. Why don't I do something to change it, to be the change that I would want to see? Um, and so it was those thoughts that kind of, that kind of started leading me towards education. Um, I didn't graduate from the School of Education at Howard University, um, but I took some time off after I graduated to kind of just self-reflect, meditate for a little bit, um, step away kind of from the world, I would say, of just like, you know, isolating myself. Um, and that's when I really decided like, okay, let me go and be a teacher. Um, and my, my plan was and still is to be the teacher that I would have wanted, to be the teacher that I feel like I needed to really motivate someone like myself. Um, and then on top of that too, um, it was my dad that really helped push me to this decision as well because you know, he, um, his story of he, gradu- he dropped out of high school um, and he didn't tell me until 2017, when I'm 23 years old, he didn't tell me that he had dropped out of high school. I never knew. No he, had, he never got his high school diploma until after, um, you know, I was born. He didn't get it until I was in college. And then he ended up going to college, too, and getting his bachelor's. So he had to get his that's, GED first. Awesome. Um, but I remember he, he, showed me, he showed me his report card. Um, and he was just failing and he was just like, you know, the teachers hated me. They didn't care about me. They were always, you know, kicking me out of class and stuff. And he said literally one day, random day at school, he was in class. He got kicked out for something. And he said he left the classroom and then he said he thought about it. And he walked out the school building and never returned. And like just never went back. And like just started working and like doing little odd jobs and stuff like that. Um, and so that story really moved me and touched me and that's when I said okay yeah I need like you know there has to be a change here you know so that's that was my big thing okay let me go inside the school system the place that that I just feel this much pain in and be the change like really change it from the inside out so that's what's up I don't think I'd heard that story yet that's that's really amazing um so my I feel like my story uh is a little bit more convoluted in a way um you know, I, I, I too, I don't have a degree. My bachelor's degree uh, was a bachelor's of arts mm. from, uh, from Southwest University in Georgetown, Texas. Small, small, small Labarge school. Uh, Major in communications with a minor in race and ethnicity studies. And I remember, you know, going into college, I felt like I wanted to do advertising. Um, and then as I feel like my self-awareness and, and consciousness levels rose, uh, it sort of left me in this space of, you know, I have no idea what to do with the mm. knowledge that I now have, right? This sort of, um, I, I want to affect positive change, but I don't necessarily know how to go about doing that in a way that feels authentic. Mm-hmm. 
So when I first got out of college, um, I too had sort of like a period of, you know, not exactly sure like where I wanted to go, what I wanted to happen next. So I started finding any and every social justice organization <laughs> that I could possibly be a part of, right? Like Black Lives Matter Austin. There was another group called Austin Justice Coalition. I helped start a couple. I was on the founding team for a couple organizations like Black Sovereign Nation and Counterbalance. It was just sort of like, you know, just throwing myself into like the work. Um, and at the time, I thought I really wanted to get into like local politics. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, let's do this. Like, yeah. just let's go about affecting the system. <laughs> like, we're gonna do it. Uh, and then um, I just remember going to umpteen million city council meetings, and uh, you know, umpteen million meetings behind closed doors, right? Because that's where a lot of the work happens. Yeah, just, like, behind definitely. closed doors. People think that all the work happens uh, in the actual like legislative office or, or no, it's, it's happening behind closed doors and people don't even know it. But, um, you know, I started doing all this work and I got so burnt out. I was yeah. working, you know, and, and the people that are able to do it and, and able to take care of themselves and heal through that work uh, and fight onwards, like I have so much respect for them because that was yeah. not my experience as I, as I got to a point where it felt um, like a burden, like the work was not, it wasn't, feeding what I felt like my purpose was. It didn't feel like I was feeding like my own soul mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, and so I actually started working at this nonprofit, um, nonprofit farm and youth mentorship program called mm -hmm. uh, Urban Roots. And um, that's where I started working with kids again. Now I'd worked with kids in the past, mm -hmm. right? Uh, there's an organization called Breakthrough, which is a program for first-generation college students. I was a first-generation college student in the program and then I taught um, African American civil rights uh, for them for two summers during college, and after I got done with those two summers, I was like, I'm never teaching ever, <laughs> like never again. I'm not doing it. Uh, but I started working with these youth on the farm, mm -hmm. uh, and there was a certain level of of passion. You know, yeah. we were we were doing workshops and and just like little mini lessons, not only on like growing food, but also on uh, race yeah. and food accessibility mm -hmm. and gender. Uh, and to see, uh, you know, it was uh, to say that Austin is a very diverse city would be a vast overstatement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, they did a very purposeful job about trying to pull a variety of students from uh, both racial and socioeconomic backgrounds. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of black and brown students as well as white students, um, female, male students. Um, and to see their investment in the knowledge to feel like, you know, they were learning these things that actually mattered to them, yeah. and they wanted something to do with the information that was being given given to them, to 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 see that level of commitment for them, and love for learning. Yeah, I was like, wow, like I never felt that uh -huh. really, especially like going to the schools that I went to. I never, I always felt really disconnected from the material that I was learning. I was, I we went to predominantly white uh, private schools. Uh, and I was learning about all these white people with white students and it always felt like people like blackness was never ever a part of the yeah. conversation right and then to suddenly like see all these different youth like talk about stuff that matters right yeah. and, and to feel uh, like it fed them yeah like fed their soul a little bit I was like man that that's what education should make a student feel like that. Yeah. education should make you want to not only learn about the world around you, but to learn about yourself more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so then I started working for Kip in Austin. Okay. Um, which I'm not sure uh, Malcolm's thoughts on Kip, but I'm not a big <laughs> Kip uh, fan. Um, after working there, uh, it was really, really difficult. I was working with high school. Uh, and that's when I, about the time I found Urban Teachers. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like the perfect thing at the this point in time in my life. And I wanted, uh, I hadn't worked with elementary school kids yet. Because okay. I'd worked with both middle school and high school. Yeah. Uh, and, and wanted sort of the experience of working with even smaller kids to challenge. Because I felt like that was something that I would might find challenging for myself. Yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's where it gets really hard. It's like, how do you have these, like, deep intellectual conversations on the level you want to have them with people that might not have learned the language to have those conversations yeah. yet because you can still have them yeah exactly you, you can, can it can happen uh, but that's part that's been part of the learning process is mm-hmm. how, how to sort of uh, make it authentic yeah so. yeah no I agree um, and yeah teaching younger kids you know for me that's something that I always wanted to do um, I haven't gone to the high school or middle school level yet um, I actually started with pre-k students um, yeah, that's, that's a whole other <laughs> monster. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was interesting because with pre-K students, I learned quickly that you can't have those intellectual conversations with oh. them because, like you said, about the soul. It's something about the soul of a child that they just inherently understand what's going on. Um, and they might not know how to communicate that in the most eloquent way or, you know, the most effective way. But they, they can tell you how they feel and they can tell you what they think about things and they can pick up on emotions and body language and stuff. Um, and I think that's the most neat thing about children, especially little children. Um, and that's what requires you to have to sort of, that's what I feel like it's so important to view the student as more than just an empty vessel. Yeah, exactly. Because they have knowledge mm-hmm. to give. They have value to their voice and to their thoughts. And it becomes our job as educators to hear that. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's interesting, too. Like, I, I keep going back to that image of a child as an empty vessel because it's so interesting to me because when you have that mentality, the children is not an empty vessel, right? They're actually full from the, from the jump. Oh, yeah. They're actually full. But it's like instead of pouring into them, education, the way it's set up now, takes out of them. So oh, it's, like, interesting wow. how, like, it's like pre-K, like I said, you'll see kids full of life, full of spirit, so much in them. Then by high school, they're just Dead. walking around, just like, I'm just here to be here. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think it's just so interesting how, yeah, you, ideally teachers would want to say, like, we're pouring into our children, but you're constantly draining them more and more and more. Um, wow, so that's wow. an that's a diff- interesting paradox um, that we see in our American education system. Yeah, I think that's so, wow, that's, that's so powerful. That's so powerful, that idea that where you know we see our students as empty vessels, but we're actually making them more empty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're, we're not like not only are they not empty, but we're taking what's out of them to make them less full than they came to us as. Yeah. And, and and you know I don't I, I don't know about you, but that's supposed to be like the, the point of education is to fill your glass, not yeah. to not to deplete. Yeah. So that's exactly. Just like, I think that's like a really powerful thought to mm-hmm. think about when we think about the soul of a child starting in kindergarten or pre-k all the way to high school yeah because uh, when i was working with high school students like they already knew yeah exactly that that, that, that the the school wasn't for them yeah. mm-hmm. that people had already given up on them like they already knew all that like they had 
and they, they wouldn't tell it to you pretty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But they'd be like, nah, I, like, you know, screw this. I don't want to be here. I don't need to be here. Like, this, you know, these administrators are out to get me. Like, that's that's that type of mentality that breeds that emptiness. Mm, yeah. That, like, that disvalues the education. Yeah, because I have second graders, seven years old, that already hate school. That can already communicate to me at the end of the day that they hate being here. School is stupid. Yeah. School is whack. Like... And to me, that's just so sad because at seven years old, you shouldn't already be at that point where you're just over being at school. Like, you shouldn't walk into school like, this is stupid. Like, yeah. you can't learn like that. And they were, they're not learning. They refuse to learn because they just, they're just, they hate the rules. They hate the way the teacher's always yelling at them, telling them to shut up and be on level zero, you know? So it's like, <laughs> level zero. I'll be okay. I'll be okay if I never hear that phrase again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, um, That's so terrible. Yeah, well, I think, I think moving forward, as we do these podcasts and as we try to sort of articulate our own visions for education and sort of bring in some of these tougher topics that educators have to deal with, I think you know one of the ones that I'm sort of really excited to talk to talk about is. Uh, the role of spirituality yeah. within education, um, how you know we as black educators can manifest positive relationships with our students that sort of work to, to undo the dehumanization that the public school system and, and most educational uh, systems that currently exist do at this moment to try to work in, to undo some of that damage. Um, you know, I think those are some of the conversations that we're going to try and tackle here yeah, on the podcast. Not just between us, is we're hoping to have some other people come on um, who may have had, who may be able to bring some more experience uh, from the field uh, into the conversation. Um, and we're hoping to get a website going so that we can get some of you guys, the listeners, in on this uh, to possibly be able to come on the show or possibly give us topics that we should try and discuss. Uh, in the future, um, but yeah, I think we have a lot of a lot of hopes for this podcast, and um, yeah, we hope that we hope that, it, it, that you guys come along with us. Yeah, definitely looking forward to you know creating that platform for you know black male educators, but like as we emphasize, educators in general, just to really talk about their stories and how they really view education and what they want. Um, you know, this podcast wants to create that platform and really create you know that open that lane of communication everywhere honestly to have these conversations because they don't happen enough like you said especially like you know with spirituality and the emotions and the soul of children um we don't talk about that enough you don't hear educators talk about that enough it's too much theory it's and like, data yeah like how you're saying data. data um so really creating that lane presenting this for people to listen to feel inspired you know, if you're one of those educators out there that's just like always wondering, yeah, what happened? You know, how can I, you know, connect to my children? And this podcast is for you. Yeah, I think <laughs> something else to mention that I think is important is um, we had a little bit of miscommunication about the microphone. So, <laughs> yeah. if, <laughs> so if the microphone is seeming a little off, we're hoping to uh, next time we can get uh, our actual microphone here. Um, so that maybe the we haven't even listened to the, the yeah. first one yet, but see how the sound quality is, um, and we should be releasing these. Uh, we're gonna, I think we're, I think our goal we sort of talked about uh, once every two weeks. Yeah, weekly, um, bi-weekly, weekly, bi-weekly, something like that. 
Uh, but we want to try and keep it uh, present uh, and, and current and relevant. Yes. Um, and uh, so we want to try and have these conversations as frequently as possible because we know that these are issues that people are, are facing right here, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, we're watching it happen. We're hearing these stories from our fellow educators uh, at John, Johns Hopkins. We're hearing it from educators in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's pretty obvious, at least to me, I think it's pretty obvious that um, these conversations need to be happening. Uh, and so we're hoping to, to have those happen here. Yeah, definitely. Um, so thank you so much for being a part of our first podcast. Uh, be on the lookout for our next one. And like I said, also be on the lookout for a website. So hopefully you guys can uh, participate in uh, maybe some of our future podcasts. Yeah, Anything definitely. No, that's it. Talk to you guys next episode. Uh, give us any comments, suggestions, any topics you guys want us to discuss. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. This is Malcolm and Malcolm signing out. I'm pretty good, dude. Yeah, like I said, it's going to flow once you just start talking. That was <laughs> nice. That's what's up. Like, if the audio is nice, it'll be, it'll be smooth. Yeah, let's, let's see, like...